as you know, I am a Cowboys fan. Amen. Thank you. There, I knew there was a reason God got me here this morning. We're off to a good start. Now, I will say the Cowboys did not win yesterday, but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. The Saints won. Friday night, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Well, a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Cowboys played one of their, their first uh, preseason games, and they were uh, it was a Hall of Fame um, game against Dallas versus uh, Miami, and they were highlighting the Hall of Famers that were being inducted into uh, the Hall of Fame for this year. And as you look at those guys, as you look at and as you hear their stories and, and you look at the things that they've gone through, you just, you, you can't help but see the greatness that is all over them. And these guys uh, are just kind of lifting up to, to be interviewed. You know, they are still pretty big guys, pretty strong guys, no one that you want to be across the line from. Mm -hmm. And they're uh, coming up and they're talking about all the things that they've done. They're uh, being interviewed about all the accomplishments and all the big games and all of the uh, the, the glory that they had experienced in their season. But they would also talk about all the hardships, all the bones that had been broken, all the early mornings they had to get up and, and go to practice, and all the travel and all the time away from their families. But as you hear their story, you just think there is something different about these football players. Mm -hmm. There is a reason that they are in the Hall of Fame, and there is a reason that other players don't ever make it to the Hall of Fame. Something deep down inside of them stirs them in such a way that they're able to accomplish great, uh, almost miraculous kinds of things athletically. Amen. I want you to think just a little bit about your life this morning. I want you to think about what it would mean for you to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, not the NFL Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Fame of Faith. Amen. Last Sunday, we talked about faith, and we looked at the definition of faith, and, and as we uh, listened to it from Hebrews, we looked at some people that were in the hall of fame. But I want you to think about yourself in that this morning. What would it take for you to be in the hall of fame? What is it that is inside of you that God could stir this morning? What is it that's going on in your present circumstances and in your life right now, but also maybe down the road in the future? What is it that's there that God wants to take and, and use you to make it great and to make this world a better place and to be able to accomplish things that you never, ever thought that you could accomplish? Keep that mind and thought. As we look in Hebrews and as, as we heard this morning, uh, the Hall of Fame and Hall of Faith or uh, the Hall of Fame of Faith continues. But if we look back in, in chapter 11, as we looked at last week, we find the definition of faith. The author of Hebrews, and we don't have a description of who that was. We don't know. Uh, some people attribute it to Paul. Some people attribute it to uh, Aquila and Priscilla. We, we don't know. And the reason we don't know is the author just didn't care to tell us. The author decided to remain anonymous and keeps quoting the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit gave this word and gave that word, and so I, I think it really doesn't matter. What we do find here, though, is whoever it is understood faith well enough to be able to define it for us. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, All right. the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from the things that are not visible. And the author just goes on and says, well, here are some examples of this definition of faith. Abel, Enoch, 
and Noah. All of these had tremendous faith. He goes into the faith of Abraham. It talks about Abraham having really no idea where he was going, and he steps out on faith and, and goes where God wants him to go. Abraham, who had no ability to be able to father a child, uh, steps out in faith and is able to, to do so. And, you know, as we said, Sarah was involved. Amen. <laughs> and uh, thank you. Uh, also, the faith of Moses. We get into that as well. Uh, Moses, all the things that he was uh, doing for God, all the things, all the, the days he wandered around in the desert with, with a bunch of people who were complaining and whining and wanting to go back home, 40 years out wandering in the desert. Prior to that, he spent 40 years hiding from the Egyptians because of what he did. Faith was exhibited by Moses. But then also the other Israelite heroes, which we talked about or just heard about this morning. People passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. The walls of Jericho fell after they'd been encircled for seven days. Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish because of her faith. What? Amen. There's a prostitute in here. Uh, God has instilled faith even in prostitutes. Amen. God is at work, and we see that here. We also see that Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, all these other prophets, what the author of Hebrews is doing is uh, helping the people he is writing to understand that there is a crowd of people around them that have demonstrated their faith in the past. And as they are moving through difficult times and trying circumstances, he is pointing them to this great cloud of witnesses, which he mentions in the next chapter. There is this great cloud of witnesses. Now, I think there's a, uh, an image here that uh, I'm not sure exactly where this, what this building is, but you can see all the way around that rotunda there are people of faith. And I think the bottom one is Martin Luther. You can see all the way around people who have demonstrated their faith. And that's what the author is doing. He is pointing the people that they know within their own religious history to say, look back and see what they did. Look back and realize that they are looking down on you now from heaven. Mm -hmm. And they are encouraging you and they are, they are uh, praying for you to just keep on going. But he also wanted them to consider not only the, the cloud of witnesses around them, but the Christ who was ahead of them. That's why he says in, in chapter 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings uh, so closely, and let us run with perseverance. Basically, the author is saying, just because of that, strip down just to the bare essentials. And back then, they, they would run, uh, if you heard hear that expression, gird up your loins, they would have a robe on, uh, and, and the uh, runners would uh, have to pull the robe up and, and, and bring it around so that they wouldn't trip on it as they were running. And that's the same uh, essential idea here. He's saying, get everything out of the way that is in your way from living your life by faith. Amen. Get every sin, get every entanglement, get every distraction out of the way so that you can run ahead with perseverance the race that is cut out for you. And so he tells them, think about this. This is what Jesus did. He says that Jesus is one we ought to look at. He is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he has taken his seat at the right hand of God the Father. He wanted them to look at Jesus when they were going through difficult times. To be able to see the suffering and the 
pain and the anguish that he dealt with, as he confronted systems of injustice around him, as he confronted the problems of his society, as he confronted the religious snobbery and the elitism of the people within his own religion, he suffered, but he kept on going. And aren't you glad? Amen. Aren't you glad? Yes, sir. Amen. I want to show you a little clip this morning. Actually, it's not real little. It's about seven minutes long, but I felt compelled to show it. I saw this, and for the youth here this morning, you probably have already seen this if you went to youth camp. I saw it and was deeply moved by it. This was shown uh, by Kyle Childress, who was the camp pastor uh, for camp this summer. And it's about Oscar Romero. Uh, Romero was, well, there we are. you wonder, wonder like, what would you have done after the first time you were turned away? I mean, it's pretty incredible that he came back a second time, but it's even more incredible he turned after the third time and came back inside, Mm -hmm. knowing all along that guy could have pulled the trigger. Let me tell you, in 1980, they did pull the trigger. He was assassinated while giving mass in church. But what was it inside of him that led him to do what he did? Think about it. I mean, Oscar Romero is in the hall of fame of faith. All because of something that was going on deep down inside of him. Something that God had placed inside of him, which is what he just described, was in the people, the church of God, the people of God. He also had a a cloud of witnesses that surrounded him. Don't you think? Don't you know people like David and Gideon and Barak and all these people, uh, as they were in heaven, they were cheering him on. When he turned his car around, they they were like, yes, Oscar, go. You can do it. That's right. Go back and get him. Don't you know they were cheering him on as he stepped foot into heaven after he had demonstrated and laid down his life for the liberation of an entire nation? What was going on inside of Faith. Think about what was going on inside of people like Martin Luther, as I described earlier. As he took those 95 theses and, and his anger at what he was seeing, the corruption in the church, and he posted it on an old, wooden, uh, an old wooden door in Wittenberg. And he declared what would become the Reformation. Think about people like Rosa Parks. What was it inside of Rosa Parks that led her to keep her seat? That led her to demonstrate civil disobedience and to make a stand to say, enough is enough. I'm going to step out on faith. Even if I go to jail. What was it inside of Martin Luther King Jr. on the march on Washington 50 years ago, which will be commemorated 
this next month, 50 years ago, what was it inside of him that led him to say enough is enough? What is it inside of you that will lead you to take steps of faith that God is calling you to take? I mean, these people were just ordinary people like you and me. David, uh, all of these people that we've mentioned this morning, all the people that are listed here, all of them are common, ordinary people. I mean, every one of them, they're made out of the same stuff that you are. Yet they they allowed God to tap into something inside of them that God had put there so that God could make a difference in the world. Through them. Through you. Through me. Now, I want you to consider this morning your cloud of witnesses. Who's in it? Who do you think about as you go uh, from day to day, or maybe you think about them ever so often? Maybe it's your mother. Maybe it's your grandmother. Maybe it's uh, someone, a a best friend from long ago who has passed on and is now uh, physically apart from you, but you know is in your cloud of witnesses. Who is it that inspires you to move on? And have you thought about that cloud of witnesses? Not only that there are people, and and I think God allows them to peer into our lives in some way, but not even just peering into our lives, but I think encouraging us and cheering us on. Think about that as you live your life of faith, that there are people who have gone on ahead of you. There are people who have blazed the trail ahead of you in faith, and they are cheering you on. As you go through the difficulties, as you go through the persecution, as you go through those times when you can't see the next step ahead of you, that there is a group of people cheering you on and saying, go get them. You can do it. Step out in faith. But it's not just about considering the cloud or the crowd of people around you. It's considering the cross and considering the Christ who is ahead of you. Because you can think about them all day long, but if you haven't understood the reason that, that they have moved on and the reason that, that uh, they, they were able to do the things that they could do is because of Jesus Christ. And so consider the Christ that is ahead of you. We don't often think about that, do we? No. We think about, gosh, look at all that I'm going through and uh, what people have done to me and life is not fair and, and these things just continue to come uh, upon me and, and bring me down and, and we just continue to beat ourselves up and allow other things to beat us up. And I'm so glad that Oscar Romero didn't do that. I'm so glad that Martin Luther King did not stop when people came up against him. I'm so glad Jesus didn't stop. Aren't you? When he saw that there was a cross ahead of him, when he he understood it was going to be about suffering, and he understood that people were going to hate him and people were going to say, uh, terrible things to him every day, and they were going to push him down and sit on him. Aren't you glad he didn't stop? Amen. So why do you stop? Hmm. Consider the Christ that is ahead of you. Amen. Let me read that verse again. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, yes. looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. I think God is calling us to continue to to be at work in this community. God is calling us to do things that maybe we haven't even fully dreamed of. 
things that, that we're, we're just beginning to think about, maybe things that have uh, been in our minds and yet we've not really talked about them with each other, but as we look at the needs in the community and as we consider uh, the things that God would have us to do, we can look at that and just say, there's no way our little bitty church could ever do that. Maybe you think as an individual that you could never, you could never move forward in your career, or you can never uh, be able to maintain the kinds of relationships that you feel like uh, God wants you to have, or you're never, never able to have the finances that God wants you to have, or you're, you're never able to accomplish that, that goal in your life that you've always had for yourself. Where does faith come into all of that? Consider the cloud, and consider the cross that is ahead of you. I remember there was a uh, 1980s, during 1980s Olympics, there was a, uh, a female runner in the life of me. I can't remember her name in this moment, but I could last night, so I get credit for that, remembering last night. But I remember she was blind, and she was uh, not able to, uh, obviously, to see much ahead of her. And she could see a blob of, of light that would, as people uh, were near her on the track, she could see just enough to be able to keep on going down the right lane. Uh, the only problem is when she uh, was in the Olympics and she was winning, she was coming around the last leg of the race, the last bend on the track, and there was no one ahead of her. And she talks about how she couldn't see that, that movement of light that was ahead of her. Yet she saw the end of the race. She saw the end of the race and kept on going. She saw with the eyes of faith. May it be so with you and with me as we live our common, ordinary lives. That we would understand there is something very uncommon, very extraordinary, deep down inside of us. Something that can make a lasting difference in this world. Are you in? Amen. Amen. Are you in? God, thank you so much for allowing us to have examples of faith. As we look at those who have gone on before us, we recognize that so many of them have suffered. They have gone through all kinds of ordeals and problems and challenges, and yet they kept on going. They saw something beyond their circumstances. And Lord God, may we see beyond our circumstances to understand that you're at work in ways that we cannot see, that you give us power in ways that we could never imagine. And God, we are here today to say, we are in. Amen. Amen.